All right, welcome back. It is, oh, it's February 16th. 15th, one ah. day after Valentine's Day. Dang, all right. Garmir Yager's birthday. Oh, snap, the, uh, the ageless wonder. Um, that's a fun fact. Great, great tweet today from a Pittsburgh, I think he's Pittsburgh media personality. He said, it's crazy that he's 49 and going on in the second half of his career. <laughs> and I mean, that's about, if you know anything about hockey and you're a Mary Yager, you would absolutely agree with that. Before we get started, we just want to thank everyone for continuing to listen and continuing to support us. Today marks essentially three and a half, almost four months of doing the show. And uh, Ryan, it's been a blast. Yeah, I look, I told you from the beginning, I probably said it on here too. I've, I never need an excuse to talk sports ever, but if you give me an excuse to talk sports, I'm only going to talk sports more. Now I've, I will say I've learned a lot more about entertainment in the last four months than I ever thought I would know, but, and I'm, I'm going to watch some more movies. That's a, that's a promise too. I think if you watch Forrest Gump, it almost takes the fun out of the bit fact that you've never seen Forrest Gump so maybe don't do that for me but Ryan I've been going to the gym I, I've been working out I guess that's a humble brag I don't know I, I try to work out I guess but this morning when I was working out treadmill all that kind of stuff in the shower you know where I'm going listening to all my music I'm doing it on Amazon music that's my favorite service to listen to music I can't talk about it enough I'm, with Daughtry I feel like I'm an advertisement for Daughtry as well, the amount I talk about them. But I listened to uh, early 2000s today, like Blink-182, great songs, The Offspring, if you remember The Offspring. Oh, yeah. Uh, early 2000s music, and it was great. And I do that on Amazon Music. Yeah, of course I remember The Offspring. Um, shout out to my dad, who is a huge Offspring fan, and... Um, I remember whenever I saw them at a at a festival, I would basically told him I was like, I I feel as if I'm almost living vicariously through you because this this is a band that you kind of <laughs> showed me whenever I was younger. But of course, I remember them. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the album. I I'm terrible. I'm great with music, but I'm terrible with names of albums. Little kids swinging on the front of it. It's a great album. Uh, this actual this last week I've been on I've been on a little bit of a weird thing where like I'll listen to about anything that comes on, so I've listened to a little uh, Jason Isbell I've listened to some hip hop rap, uh, but I've also been listening to the new Conviction song, who's a heavy metal band. It's called The Price of Grace, but doing all that on Amazon Music, and that's where you should be doing it too. Is on Amazon Music to get a large, huge selection of music from all genres, so you can tune in uh, whether you're in the shower, just hanging out. Whether you're driving, that's probably my favorite place to listen to music is driving, to be honest. So I just hook it in my uh, phone and just pop it on. But whenever you sign up for Amazon Music, sign up today for Amazon Music. The code that you are going to want to use or the address that you're going to want to use, get amazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports. And you can even make a playlist for us on there. Make a playlist of some of our favorite songs so you can check them out too. So Check out some Blink-182, some Offspring, some Daughtry, because we have a walking billboard for Daughtry on this show. And then also check out some of the other music. Check out some Convictions, Jason Isbell. Switch it up. Listen to something different. There's something for everybody on Amazon Music. 
But again, if you're signing up, you're signing up with the link, getamazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports. By the way, before we get started, should we tell the people what's on in the background? Yeah, so I think you have to give them context that there's always something on in the background because of the way you sit in front of your TV. Yeah, so the way my room is set up, or living room, I should say, me and Ryan, when we record, except for interviews, the TV's always on in the background. It gives us both kind of just, I guess, ambience, if you will. I I guess that would be the best way to put it, wouldn't you say? But Something to watch, too, you know, if, yeah. we're, if we're in a down portion. Yeah, like intermissions or whatever. But I'm trying to watch S every SNL ever because it's one of my top five, six shows of all time, along with Survivor. I guess Game of Thrones would still be in there, even though the, the final season was just, you know, a train wreck. And I've never seen a phenomenon. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. But Westworld and then, I don't know, there's a couple others. But I'm in 1975, season one right now. And me and Ryan, before we started here, we, we were both taken aback. They're make they're doing a Jaws sketch in the 1975 season one, and basically there's this toy shark that's eating every woman. We don't understand what's happening there. It's very odd. Product of the times. I mean, yeah. you, you. I guess you just run with what's hot and you go with it. And everybody was probably scared. Well, I know people were scared to get in the ocean back then. For a fact, I was not alive, but I've heard stories. Uh, people were afraid to get in the ocean because they're like. You know, what if I get eaten by an animatronic shark? <laughs> but it was just odd for both of us. We were like, what is going on here? But yeah, it's strange. Very strange. Buy or sell. I don't, I don't know who's going to go first. I, I guess I'll go first. So buy or sell on my side. The first story is kind of ridiculous that this is still happening. We're back in reboot phase again. I want oh, you no. to, yeah, I want you to tell me what you think it is being rebooted before we start here. Like a reality TV series, scripted movie. What do you think's being rebooted? Hmm. We've, we've been on a TV show kick here recently. So I'm in, in the world of entertainment. So I'll, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with, um, I'll go with the TV show. Yeah, you are right on the head. Yes. Real world, real world, excuse me. The first ever real world cast, real world New York, is being brought back for real world 2021, Paramount Plus. They're rebooting real world to get subscribers to the service. I mean, real world came out in the mid early 90s. 93 94 they did who knows how many seasons probably 30 some seasons and it was so bad to the point i'll never for, i'll never forget this i remember watching real world in high school and seeing an advertisement oh what's facebook watch and i didn't have facebook anymore i deleted my facebook but seeing real world was moving to facebook watch was like that was the breaking point where i knew okay it's time to put it in the bag and now they're bringing it back out you know nine ten years later it doesn't make sense 
this isn't something that I understand real world changed a lot of things, the way they talked about things as far as politics, LGBTQ issues. Uh, there was a lot of uncomfortable things really that they were talking about because it really was just seven strangers that were put in a random house in whatever city for X three months. But this isn't something that I want to see done in today's day and age, also in a COVID world. And second, <laughs> do we really need real world to come back? There's a reason that it has been gone for so many years because people got tired of it. There was no money. There was no prize. It was just really people living their day-to-day -day lives, almost like a grown-up adult version of Sims on TV. Well, I, I was thinking you actually brought up the point that first that I thought of. Now, I never watched Real World, but you talked about being in a COVID world. So what's the show going to be? You're going to put cameras in a room and be like, all right, these eight people are quarantined together. And we're going to door dash their meals to them. <laughs> well, what's the drama? I mean, I, I realize that eight people in a room just creates drama in general. Uh, but, <laughs> but my other thought is. So you put them in there. So what, what's the drama? Like, oh, what did you get on your sandwich from McDonald's? Oh, you got that? Like, I don't know. It just, I, I again, I never watched it. Now I did look it up as you were saying that, and I, the the picture from apparently the real world Sydney caught my eye because the one guy kind of looks like somebody I went to school with. It's kind of eerie, but that's that's a different conversation. Um, anyway, I'm I'm with you. I don't feel that I I need this. I didn't watch it originally. I. Couldn't even tell you what it is. I'm sure that people are, are big fans of it and they love it. I don't know. But I but I will say I've I've kind of come around maybe a little bit on the idea of Paramount because I, I think we talked about this, but um, it's starting to intrigue me more that the Nickelodeon shows are all one Paramount too because I, I just went through a Hey Arnold watch party on my Hulu. So I, I feel like I... Like if somebody was like, yeah, you know, you get Paramount and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do a rocket power watch party, but I wouldn't be tuning in for the real world. Unfortunately, again, if, if you like it, I'm not slamming you. I, I teach your own, but I'd, I'll, I'll sell it. The problem is real world's one of those shows that existed in the late nineties, mid nineties, early two thousands. That doesn't really work for today's day and age. I don't think the, the Sydney, season I do remember I was in middle school and I watched a lot of real world because they would air it twice a year they would do two different seasons that's really the one that just sticks out to me but do people really want to see you know when when people are casted for shows like real world they're in their mid late 20s sometimes early 30s I mean that was 30 some years ago, almost, do people really want to see people in their 40s coming back doing essentially the same thing? I don't know. I, I don't really see a whole lot of draw to it. It was a it was a breakout success when the show aired, but <laughs> it, it it there's a reason it's gone away. You know what I mean? So well, such is the case with every show. I mean, that's that's kind right. of the you know, that's kind of the reason that everything goes out of now, things may stay in, in um, is the word succession, like when they stay on TV, succinct, succinction? Yeah, succession. Okay, succession. So, I again, I 
show my fun vocabulary knowledge there but yeah so like i understand why shows doing that you know they stay popular there's they're still relevant there's still a draw i think it shows like seinfeld and friends that are always on and, and i feel like the real world you can do that and people would probably still watch it but i don't know there's no sense in rebooting it again this goes back to the originality factor and and didn't, I mean, if real world has that cult following, as I like to say, sure, fine, try it. But it just, it doesn't feel like bringing back the original cast is, is going to be good. And the other thing that I have about like original cast with things is, is, is so many things mature over time and develop. So, you know, I, I would imagine that nobody was watching that first season of real world and thought that it would go 33 seasons. I mean, there's there's got to be a better cast along there somewhere that people would probably rather see, right? I I mean, I, and again, I don't know. I don't know any of these people. I, I couldn't pick them out in the lineup. But first season always seems to be the most immature of almost every show. So is that really what people are going to care about? I don't think so. I guess the last point on this is the reason I watched Real World was because it was an introduction to most of those people, if not all, except for maybe two or three of whatever cast, whatever season, would be transitioned over into the challenge, mm -hmm. which is what I mostly watched MTV for. And we've had TJ Lavin on. I'm sure we'll have him, have him on again in the future. But that was really the only reason I watched Real World. I will say one thing about originality. You talk about Seinfeld and Friends being all the time, uh, on all the time. Comedy Central is basically the office network now. <laughs> yeah, they, pretty air, much. they air nothing but the office i don't know what happened to comedy central i was thinking about this over the weekend where they've gone from programming like Chappelle show reno 911 tosh point oh i guess for, for me and you I, I don't know about maybe not you but it, it was something i enjoyed in high school but as you got older it's like ah i would rather not watch that type of show it wasn't as funny as i thought it was getting older but man, they have no original programming like they used to. It's it's almost sad what has happened to Comedy Central. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too, and, and which I'm fine with, again, because I'm an Office fan. But when it gets down to it, I mean, if you're a network and you want to survive, you have to have something to a draw to you. And I don't know, may, I mean, is that their draw? I Again, I I watch sports on TV. You know, yesterday with my my streaming, I had hockey on my phone watching it here in this and I had the Daytona 500 up on the, on the TV too. So I'm watching basically two things like this together. I know this is bad radio. You can't see how I'm sitting, but it, basically a hand in front of me, like at eye level and then the game behind or the race behind me. So I, yeah, I, I don't think I've watched comedy central and probably since the, the Jesselnik offensive was on comedy central. Have I actually sat down and actually watched anything on there? Good, good show. One of those things, Where's the original programming that they used to have like that? I will say I forgot about the Daytona until I flipped through the channels yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan did say the Daytona was on this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and then if you were dedicated, you sat through a five and a half hour rain delay and you didn't go to bed until 12.30, 12.45 in the morning because that's when the game ended or the race ended. So yeah. not, not great. Wild ending, though. Very fun. Very fun to watch. My prediction uh, of Ryan Blaney, he was wrecked on lap 14, so didn't work out. Uh, anyway, though, looking at some other sports stories here, um, I, I, again, have three different sports here. I, I try to mix it up as much as I can so we're not sticking in the same sport here. Um, 
first story, I have a little bit of hockey. Now, this is a team that we talked about as a hot team and a team that looks like they could make a run in the playoffs. You said even you would like to see them win a Stanley Cup, but I'm singling in on one specific player here, and that's Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with him specifically this season, but let me just read you these stats where he is. He's played in eight games, started eight games. He is seven and one with only 11 goals against in those games. That's a 944 save percentage. And he has two shutouts in those eight games. I think you could almost make the argument that he is carrying the team in a lot of ways. Uh, he had another one two nights ago against Colorado. Now Colorado coming back off some COVID issues. Um, but nonetheless, Marc-Andre Fleury is playing out of his mind. So are you buying or selling that as an older goaltender, will he be able to keep up this pace or are you selling it in that there's going to be a big drop off at some point? We just don't know when it's coming. I think I'll buy it for right now because I actually follow Vegas Golden Knights Instagram and they are red hot. By the way, those gold jerseys that they have might be low-key one of the best uniform combos now in sports. I don't know if you've seen the gold jerseys. They're mm -hmm. phenomenal. They they look like a shining bright light. <laughs> but the, they are – the division realignment for them has worked out maybe as well as anyone in the NHL. They did have the hiccup with the COVID tests, but that's not – you know, the COVID positives, I should say, but that's not really their fault. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen for them in the playoffs, but my, my fear is Mark's going to have a bad series and end up getting pulled possibly. I hope not, but I've been following this team so closely. I'm actually on the verge of thinking about it. I don't think I'm going to, but I would like possibly to get a NHL extra ice just for Vegas because they are a fun team to watch anytime they're on the NBCSN and it's another huge week on NBCSN for hockey this week but man they the way they move up and down on the boards the way they play defense the way their lines change it's one of the best teams this season and I think it helps them that this year being as strange as it, as it is, the division realignment and everything when they get to the playoffs, it's going to benefit them more than maybe any other team. Yeah, well, in the stone wall that has been flower has been part of the, you know, a lot of the reason that they've been doing this. You're right. There's a lot of other big positives to look at. But somebody in, in Marc-Andre Fleury, <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury, Fleury is currently in his 17th season in the National Hockey League. And I feel like for somebody that's in his 17th season and, and has the resume that he does, it's not that we shouldn't expect it because we, we understand that there's a level that he's set for himself. But 17 seasons in, and I realize we're talking about a strange year with differences, but man, he looks incredible right now. He, he just sees, he's just seen everything in front of him. And that's obviously <laughs> clearly defined by his goals against average, but I'm actually going to sell it and and not because of not because I don't think he's going to continue this to some degree. I think there is going to be a drop off and and we have seen this in the past with him and this is not to bring up sour subjects, but 
goal, goaltenders go through this. This is not something that you, you stay hot for an entire season. You have your ups and downs, and he's had a fantastic start. But as good as Vegas has been, there are going to be games where he will struggle. You're going to play against different teams, and I think that's one thing that could actually be shocking. You mentioned it when you get to the playoffs. You're going to play teams that you have not seen all season. So you're going to be playing against different guys. Now, I think it's more plausible to believe that we have a guy like Marc-Andre who stays hot through an entire season because you only have to feel the tendencies of seven different teams, which is completely different than a regular season. But at the same time, when you get to the playoffs, you're, you're really going to have to put in that work. So it's going to be interesting to see that transition whenever we get to the playoff time. But for right now, he's clearly the best goaltender in the game. There's not anyone better than him. 17 seasons in, crazy that we're still saying that. But there will be a drop-off in the playoffs at some point. Let's just hope it doesn't completely take them out of contention for the Cup. The best comparison I can make for hot goaltending and goaltenders never being able to stay as hot like they normally can during a great postseason run is Ryan Quick for the LA Kings in 2015 or 2014, 2014, excuse me, and Corey Crawford for the Blackhawks, the last time they won their Stanley Cup. Corey Crawford, Corey Crawford was just released, I think, two or three weeks ago by the Black Blackhawks or sent down. That just goes to show you, I mean, he was at the height of basically getting the Blackhawks to the Cup with guys like uh, I'm blanking out on names here. Uh, Patrick Kane. Um, Jonathan Taze. Jonathan Taze, yes. Um, there's, there's another guy in there. Uh, I think Andrew Miller. Yeah, Andrew Miller. Oh, I can't think of his name, the but, defenseman. This is yeah, terrible. I, we're blanking out on names, but that that's the best example I can give. But Vegas, they seem like they're the team right now in the NHL, right? NHL, NBA, they normally have this every once in a while. Teams that feel like can get over the hurdle, sometimes they don't always do it. The best example I can think of in the NBA is the Sacramento Kings, where they didn't get to an NBA Finals. No fault of their own. They were going against the Lakers. But, I mean, when you think about it, that's a team that should have been in the NBA Finals. The NHL has those teams every once in a while, too. Until the, uh, the Capitals won the Cup, the Pens were their nemesis. I don't know if Vegas has anyone like that to where it's stopping them, but I do see them finally getting over the hurdle and getting back to, to the Stanley Cup final and, and hosting it and, and winning the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any argument to be made that, that, that they're not one of the best, if not the best team right now in, in, in the league. But I think the other thing with it is too, and you know, just to add another hot goaltender thing to your, um, to your list here, you can actually even look at the penguins, the two years they won it uh, because Matt Murray, albeit a great goaltender and won two cups, especially the first year, he kind of just came in and he was the hot hand and they won a Stanley cup kind of stick with him the next year. And then he has a couple bad games who steps in and, and, and really raises that bar, Marc-Andre Fleury. And then he struggles a little bit. Muzz comes back in and he dominates. So it, it, it's, a, it's a weird game being a goaltender in the NHL. But I think you even said it yourself on this show too, that the biggest thing with the NHL is, is that once you get in the playoffs, everybody has a chance. 
It is the one sport where every single team that gets into the playoffs has a chance to win the cup because that one through eight or, or whatever the seeding is in, in this year, it doesn't matter. The top team and the bottom team have that same chance. You know, Nashville, the year they made the the final against Pittsburgh, they were the eight seed. And, and that's, that's, you get hot, you play well, and that's what happens. That's not to say that Vegas is going to go in hot and lose to a team that's, that's subpar, but it could also very well happen. So you want to be you want to be at your strongest during the playoffs. It's not to say again that Mark Andre Fleury or they won't be, but it's also you know it it's not a it's not a question of you want to start and say oh well we started great but we didn't finish great. It doesn't matter. You just want to be good when you get into the playoffs. No matter how you started, if you can get there, start fresh, keep going. So if they do fall off, Vegas fans hope it's in the regular season a little bit because when you get to the playoffs. None of that matters anymore. It's a shame hockey's not as broadcasted as much versus the other three sports because their playoffs are probably the best. I, I don't even necessarily want people to watch the regular season. I love hockey, so I watch it all. Watch the playoffs. Maybe not this year as big because of the COVID restrictions, but hockey playoffs are the best format of, of anyone in, in sports. And I will die on that hill. We'll, we'll talk about it on the upcoming episode for Friday for Weekend Grab Bag, but it's probably the biggest thing this weekend, the Lake Tahoe matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my next story is the internet did go crazy. Uh, <laughs> the Monday morning headline basically was a prediction <laughs> And it, it was correct. Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer dropped yesterday, two hours early. That was that was a fun little nugget that he pulled on us at the last minute. It was supposed to drop at noon. It dropped at ten. <laughs> the internet has gone insane. Has gone insane over everything about it. And from someone who watched Justice League, the first, the I guess you could call it original or the first one, the bad one in theaters where everything was completely redone and a director who I'm not going to say his name because there are reports coming out about him that he's not exactly uh, great to work with. But from the trailer, everything looks basically almost 95% different. There are a few shots on the trailer where it's like, oh, I do remember that from the original movie. So not everything's completely changed, but there are a lot of moments in there that weren't in the original film. And it's, it, I don't know if it's going to change entertainment, but it's going to change, I think, the way things are done moving forward because this has been something fans have wanted for five years. It's finally happening. And if you follow any of the, the people on Instagram, like Jason Momoa or Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, obviously, uh, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, they were all posting the trailer. They never really talked about the original movie other than how bad it was because they all signed on to do Zack Snyder's Justice League in his vision. It's incredible what's happening. The internet's gone bananas. I'm definitely buying it. Although it's going to be a series, an hour piece. So a four-hour movie, essentially. Right. So I, I know we now I realize it's 100% different and I love to bring it up just to see your face every time we do it. 
Do you think that has any like Quibi vibe to it where you break it up, where you break a movie up like that and, and you have to watch it in, in those increments or, or are you in on that? Do you actually not mind that to see more content that you didn't see originally in the first movie? <laughs> Poor Quibi. We, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I mind it for our increments. I think for 10 minute increments, I do the... Mm-hmm. The, the best example I can give is, I don't know if you've ever seen The Irishman on Netflix with De Niro, Joe Pesci, and... Isn't that like seven and a half hours long or something? It was incredibly long. I started it at um, essentially two in the afternoon. It, I wasn't done until 6.30. It was three hours and 29 minutes. It's the longest movie I've ever watched. It's insane. It's insane. So I... Isn't... I. I know Schindler's list is long too. Cause I've seen that. I know that's like three and a half hours or something, but yeah, I mean, Hey, people seem to react well to it. And, and really that's all you want. If you're going to bring in extra content, it better be worthwhile, especially in this world where people were, are, I think criticizing it more where you have all these different options to, to view. And if you are going to expand on something, do it right. So if you are putting that or kind of originals, or not originals, but like original director cut, singular original director cut. Hey, go for it. Again, I know we've talked about it. People say that they're in on it and and everyone seems to like it and move forward. Uh, I guess the test is just going to be the eye test now. I I won't watch it personally, but if everybody else is in on it, again, I said this earlier, but to each your own, if you love it, love it. And and it sounds like it's moving in the right direction. So I'll I'll buy it for those fans of, of of the movie or the show. I guess it could be considered either one. Yeah, TV show or movie, but the internet's going bananas and everyone is saying Ben Affleck is back as Batman, that they would rather have Ooh. him now. Based Hot off of I don't know about that, but he he does he does look like uh he didn't in his previous versions of Batman, which is good. <laughs> it in one of our earlier shows, now it may not have been that long ago, but my concept of time is irrelevant. Um, we talked about the Robert Pattinson versus Ben Affleck thing. I'm going to hold my judgment until I see Robert Pattinson's Batman, because in a little bit of that trailer that I saw, again, I was very intrigued with that. So we'll, I'll, I'll table the back talk for now when it comes to when it comes to Ben Affleck's Batman. But hey. Again, if you're gonna if you're gonna put that content in, if you're gonna go back to the original director because maybe you think it's it's better and it should have been done that way anyway, yeah, absolutely. You know that's that's what people want to see, and I, I think that's what people wanted to see from the beginning anyway. Is is that's kind of what people were clamoring for. So now that they have it, they're gonna go wild and they're gonna love it. So yeah, go go wild, Marvel world. I love it. All right, so my phone went off, so I got to go back because I'm not smart enough to remember my three stories. Uh, So we're looking at the NBA here now. So news as of today and news, well, as of yesterday and as of not too long ago as we're recording this, is is that Anthony Davis is going to be out now for the Lakers two to three weeks before he's reevaluated again for his Achilles injury. So obviously a big piece of the team now – Every, we know LeBron James. I'm not. We're not going to go down that road. I know who he is. But Anthony Davis, again, a key piece to this team, somebody who really has solidified this team and kind of been that second wing, or, or some would even argue that, well, 
now he's kind of the first piece on that team, maybe even above LeBron James. Um, so, you know, are you buying or selling that this is going to completely derail them? Uh, or, or do you think that they're good enough where they are? Again, they're, they're second in the West, and, and the West has its, obviously, strengths and weaknesses when it comes to these teams. They're 21-7. and seven. Does this completely derail them? Are you selling? Are you buying that? Or are you selling it that this is just going to be – it's going to be fine. They'll move on without him. I think I'll sell it because they have LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, as tired as he is, no fault of his own, his greatness from winning the championship in the bubble, no wonder he's exhausted. So that could end up finally playing a factor now that Anthony Davis is out because he wasn't doing as much with Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? He could sit on the bench, mm-hmm. take take a few minutes off, but there's a little difference now. He's going to have to put more of it on him it almost feels like what could end up happening is because I don't think there's enough role players around him that can keep them flying, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like what will end up happening is he's going to have to go back to LeBron of 2015 in Cleveland, where he's going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. He's essentially the guy, maybe you got like a deli on the team, <laughs> you know, who can help you out with a few hard minutes, great defense or whatever. But I will say, I will also put this in here along with this, the jazz. I don't think the jazz are going to end up winning the NBA championship or even making the finals. They feel to me like the Hawks of 2014, where the Hawks of 2014 won 60 games and then were swept and the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if they'll get swept in the playoffs, but I could easily see them go out 4-1 or 4-2. They don't feel – Donovan Mitchell's great. Rudy Gobert's great. I understand they have great perimeter shooting. I just don't believe that they're going to get to an NBA championship because they haven't even cleared that hurdle. And traditionally in the NBA, you got to clear a hurdle before you get to the next level. There's a reason that it's historically happened. And really the only time it never happened where teams didn't consistently clear hurdles year after year was the Orlando magic. And then everything fell apart for them. So that's my take on it. I will say next minute real quick. We won last night. We play Monday night when you're hearing this. They are pushing Derrick Rose way too much on me. That's my next minute. So I'm, I'm going to sell this because I, I don't think this is going to affect the Lakers that much. I mean, here's the thing. Worst case scenario, yeah, you lose some games. You're going to win games. You're going to lose. I mean, that's, that's as obvious as it sounds. But even with, even with him out, they're still good enough to win games. And, and they're still good enough to beat some of these lower teams in, in the West. And, and just looking at the standings right now, they're six and a half games above eighth place, uh, which would be the Warriors right now. I told you they're going to make the playoffs, and I still think that's going to happen, just so everyone knows. But they, they have a little bit of wiggle room. So even if they come out of this Davis injury, um, and let's say they're down – you know, to maybe fourth or fifth in the West, does it really affect them that much? It's not going to change anything because they're still the Lakers. 
Lakers. LeBron's still LeBron. If Anthony Davis comes back healthy, they're still going to be a great Lakers team, and they're still going to make a deep run in the playoffs. It's not like it changes anything in the grand scheme of it. Now, if this turns out to be a, a more nagging injury where we're talking along the lines of like Kevin Durant from what was that, two or three years ago now? Uh, with the Warriors where he was injured further when it got to playoff time. Yeah, we could be talking about a team that may, might make a first, well, I wouldn't say first, maybe a second round exit. I think that's plausible. But at this at this point right now, looking at it, I don't really think it hurts him much because LeBron, again, is still LeBron. They have enough players that I think they can kind of move through. Uh, I think they'll drop. I, I, don't, I don't see him going any lower than like sixth or seventh. But I don't think in the long term this hurts them. The only way this hurts the Lakers is if this is a reoccurring issue uh, and we see it kind of start to take its toll on Anthony Davis down the road. Yeah, and I don't think that's a uh, bad prediction. By the way, while you were talking there, uh, I forgot to tell you during my point, the SNL in 1975, this is how far back it is the Knicks were the NBA champion and came out on stage, the second episode, Bill Bradley of the Knicks, the champion Knicks, and talked to Paul Simon. That's how far back I am. A Knicks championship's how far back you are. That is legitimately how far back I am. Yeah, soon here the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup and you'll say you're as far back as when the Flyers won a Stanley Cup, so... I just had to get my dig in there as a, as a Penguins fan. But, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. We, we talked about this off air, but uh, Ryan told me, he said, yeah, Gerald Ford's president. And, and I, I never really think of terms in terms of, like, who was president when these things happened. But for you to say Gerald Ford was president, I'm like, well, wait, that – we're talking a long time ago. But it might even be worse that it's a Knicks championship you're talking about. No, no offense. It just feels like that's been uh, – it's so far back. It feels like it's been forever. Yes. And I was scrolling through, not to go down a rabbit hole here, but like some athletes that hosted around the 70s or 80s, because that's coming up, obviously. Right. Wayne Gretzky in the 80s hosted okay. uh, Montana. And I think Walter Payton hosted with Montana. And oh in that yeah, that, that I, I'm coming up on those kind of things. So. I have la two last stories, but I'm going to let you pick. Do you want story A or story B? Oh, man, this is tough. You know, I'm, I'm feeling B today. I don't know why. Let's okay. just go with B. So story B is Black Widow. Mm -hmm. It's a couple days old, three or four days old, but it's still important to talk about. Black Widow, Disney said, hey, we're going to stick to our guns. We're going to release this in theaters on May 7th. We feel everything is going in the right direction where people are going to flock to the movie theaters and we are sticking to our guns. We're not going to put this on Disney plus. We're not going to delay it anymore. It's going in the movie theaters. You can see it if you want. If not, you have to wait, but it's going in the movie theaters. I can tell you what I'm saying. I'm selling it. I don't want to go to a movie theater. Don't want to sit in a dark room crowded with people for two hours with a mask on and off, you know, drop it off to eat popcorn or put it back on. It's different than going to a restaurant, those kind of things. I just can't believe that they chose to do this when everyone else is saying, Hey, we're going to zig. And Disney's is saying, nah, we're going to zag. We're going to zag. 
yeah, it, I, I understand why you want to put something out in theaters right now, but I just, and I, I'll be honest, I've not been to the movie since this whole pandemic has kind of crippled us in that sense, but are, are people actually going? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just, I don't know anybody that's like, oh yeah, I'm flocking to movie theaters right now because it's empty. Now, I, I've not heard that. I mean, maybe you are, but I'm with you. I don't really want to sit in, in that area with a mask over my this sounds dumb but like somebody with glasses like that would just frustrate me because i wouldn't be able to see the screen but i know that my glasses would fog up too that's a very first world problem but it it's very irritating but anyway i get it you want those box office numbers but if the box office isn't there to support your numbers are you really going to get box office numbers it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel like the right move at this point and I mean, I, I guess PR is not considered in it as much. I mean, yeah, you've held on to it this long, but I, I, I would have to sell it. I'm, I'm with you. I, I know we've agreed a lot today, but I don't really have much of a point against why you would want to do that. Uh, again, yeah, you want it to be on the big screen. That's kind of the point of it. But if no one's going to the big screen, does it even, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a noise? Think, think about it in this sense. Justice League is going to be four hours TV show, either a miniseries, however you want to look at it, or a movie. The internet's going crazy over a trailer, and everyone's going to flock to HBO because you pay 15 bucks, you're a subscriber, boom, have it. Black yeah, I, I'm going to be I in get, theaters. I think that's great. And you're going to ask people to go in droves to see a movie. It also doesn't make sense when a report came out yesterday sunday that disney their projection of their subscriber numbers of what they would hit in 2024 they've hit that as of this past friday they hit 97 million disney plus subscribers around the world and projections have them passing netflix by the end of the year or beginning of next year that's how incredible disney plus is on track to passing Netflix, which is mind-boggling because you didn't think they would rack up that many subscribers in such a short time. I would assume some of those numbers, though, are countered with the bundle. But regardless, why wouldn't you do it on Disney Plus if you have that many eyeballs? And, you know, I'm sure people share passwords and those kind of things for Disney Plus, whatever. People do it for Netflix. But you'd still get more eyes, and people wouldn't have to worry about, hey, I got to make a 915 showing with my mask plus the the concession part of movie theaters are, are very odd if you think about it people are going in touching your food or whatever and then handing it to you i guess that's not really different than a restaurant essentially but still the whole concession aspect of movie theaters it's just it, it doesn't make sense i I've always been weirded out by the choices at movie theaters too. Like, have you ever been to, um, and I don't know if this is a chain, but I've been to it before. It's, it's in a, again, we're, for those who are not familiar with our area, we are very confusing when we talk about these things, but um, have you ever been to Winchester and been to the Alamo? No, I uh, don't even know what that is. Okay. So it, it's, it may not even still be there, but I remember going, uh, it's like a movie theater but you actually, there's like dinner with it. So it's not necessarily like, because I've always kind of been weirded out by the fact now I love hot dogs, but like, am I really going to go to the movie theater and get a hot dog? Like that just seems like a very strange, 
you know, if I wanted a hot dog, I'm going to go to Sheets and I'm going to get four for two bucks. But that's beside the point. Point is, is the Alamo is actually like there's like recliners, there's um, like couches that recline and there's like a table in front of you. So it's like a more comfortable movie experience. Now it comes with the cost of it, too. It's like actually going to dinner in a movie. But. I mean, don't don't you like pay for furniture and, and have all of that now? Like, wouldn't you rather just eat? your food i mean is is it really the popcorn that you're going for the movie experience not you personally but are people that dedicated to the movie popcorn experience that i mean again i like going to the movie but i i think in this situation you have to take what you can get and just stay home what you don't have to dress up you don't have to wear a mask you don't you don't even have to have clothes on you can just sit on your couch and and eat whatever you want for pennies as opposed to going and paying 10 bucks for a small drink and a popcorn on top i mean just i don't know it the last thing i'll say it also doesn't make sense when their animated movie soul that everyone's raved about that Mm -hmm. going to be nominated for most likely being nominated for the best animated feature like movie for oscars crushed it crushed it it was the second most streamed thing of the year behind wonder woman you didn't have to pay a premium price you were a disney plus subscriber everyone loved it if if it was the second most streamed thing why wouldn't you just do that when you did something like that just a month ago i I don't know but well the thing is is i wonder how that translates to i wonder how that translates to dollars I, i don't exactly know but i mean obviously you're putting money into this because nobody's paying extra for it so how does it translate to say like oh we have these numbers i'm again i'm not i'm not into that i don't understand how it all works but it obviously works and and i mean the thing is is movies will come back we we will be back at the movies at some point and that's that's great but i think just given the environment that we're in right now we can do this and it and it obviously works because people are watching it and it's clearly good. I've not seen Soul, but I've heard a lot about it, and I know people have raved about it. So why not just stay at home for a little bit longer and, and relax, and then we can all go to the movies together when something else comes out. I I don't know. We'll go to the one up. We'll go to the one up in up Deep Creek. That's actually really nice. It's probably my favorite movie theater that I've been to outside of the Alamo. I also realize when I say the Alamo, it sounds like I'm talking about Texas, but that's a that's, you know, like, have you been to the Alamo? Uh, no, I've not been to Texas. No, I'm talking about the movie theater in, in Winchester, Virginia. Okay. But anyway, uh, last story here, college football. As of yesterday's recording, former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn is joining another national champion. He's going to UCF. He's going to be the national championship coach joining the national champion self-declared of UCF. So my question to you is, 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 you know, obviously he's, he's left Auburn and was let go from there. And that happens in the SEC. You can go nine and three every year and you're let go if you're not up to some crazy standard. Are you buying or selling that this could work? Does this get him back into the higher ranks of college football or is this kind of setting up to build a dynasty down at UCF or those lower tiers? What I hope happens is I hope he stays at UCF and builds a program there because I don't want to see him use this as a lot of college coaches. Obviously, Josh Heupel did 
use it as a launch pad into an, a big time program like Tennessee is what he did. But I want to see him stay there and build a program. If you look at UCF's history since the self-proclaimed air quotes around that national championship, they've been pretty good. They've only really lost a couple games. I think maybe three or four. I'll have to fact check myself on that. But they've been a very good program. And ultimately, I've always thought this. It never makes sense. When the expansion bubble was taking place in college football from 2011 to 2014, 2013, whatever it was. If you remember, Big 12 got left out of that. There's a reason that they didn't have the conference championship game until a couple of years ago. It's because of they only had 10 teams. They brought the conference championship game back because when they missed the playoff in TCU and Baylor in 2014, which is still mind boggling that that happened, but they didn't have a conference championship game. Everyone else in those conferences who made it in that inaugural playoff played on that final Saturday in conference championships. I'd like to see UCF build a program. And then ultimately I don't understand why it hasn't happened, but I feel like it would make dollar sense for UCF to join the big 12 and then Houston join the big 12. You have the Houston TV market, and then you have the Orlando market and a control in Florida if you're the big 12 really and also what that does is it limits teams on travel like Iowa State to Morgantown you know you can play UCF at Orlando I'm sure there's less distance there WV you can play UCF their final game instead of Iowa State or TCU whoever that final week of the season I've never understood why those two teams haven't been invited to the big 12 yet but I think it works out real quick. Speaking of coaches, did you see what Urban did in his first move that he thought would go unnoticed? He hired Chris Doyle, the disgraced Iowa coach. And of course, massive backlash from Jaguars fans. He had to let him go. Shocker. That's why I think Urban's going to last one season. (laughs) Did they not say something like, oh, I don't know if he was vetted enough. I'm like, oh, well, how much did you vet him? because that should seem pretty obvious, don't you think? <laughs> but I um, I digress. Interesting, interesting move. Um, but regarding Malzahn, I, I like the move, and, and I think that this will be positive for both sides involved, because obviously Malzahn can coach at a, at a Division One level. We saw him have success with Auburn. Um, it, it's tough to keep up with teams like Alabama and LSU in the past couple years, not last year, but in the last couple of years too. I mean – you're you're running into some tough competition, so it makes sense why he's let go. Uh, but I really think that a team in the in the group of five like UCF, who's had a lot of success over the past, I mean, you can even really date this back like ten years or so. Uh, I know they had the one season, and I think it was in this time frame where they were like oh and ten or oh and eleven something and they said that <laughs> there was a bar down in UCF that said they'd give free drinks until the team won a game and never won a game. Uh, yeah. But but this is a team that I mean look they had Blake Bortles at quarterback and they went to was it the Fiesta Bowl where they played Baylor so I mean this is a team that has had some regular success point is you're you're kind of making a nice little match here between a coach that obviously knows what he's doing and a team that has felt that level of success before so um, I think of it as is maybe a little bit more of a of a golden version of of Lane Kiffin at FAU. Because FAU, they was not going to turn FAU into some powerhouse, incredible program. 
but what you have the opportunity to do at a school like UCF that has more resources and obviously more success historically is take a coach who has that success and really kind of build that program up. Now, maybe this can be leveraged back into a power five job. Who knows? But point is, is, is I'm buying this right now because you're really combining two big strengths and to make it one, one nice little football team, I think for the next four or five years. Fun fact about UCF. I didn't know they existed as a program until watching college football live and them talking about Kevin Smith, the 2000 mm -hmm. yard rusher at UCF. And I was like, oh, yep. that's going to be a stud in the NFL. And that was like high school. And he got to the NFL. Obviously he had, I think three or four seasons. He wasn't a stud, but that's what I thought about Joe McKnight too. I remember watching Joe McKnight put on a USC hat because it was a snow day and we didn't have anything to do. So I watched National Recruiting Day. This is before streaming, obviously. Oh, Joe McKnight, watch him play at UC, USC. He was awesome. Gets to the Jets. Eh, that's what I feel. By the way, I, I don't know if you agree with my Big 12 take. I also feel like Memphis could be part of that Big 12 expansion. Never makes sense why Memphis hasn't been invited either. They have decent football success historically recently, and they also have very solid, solid basketball program. I've never understood why one of those three schools hasn't been invited yet to give the Big 12 more edge going forward. Don't understand. It never made sense to me why the Big 12 only has 10 schools and the Big 10 has 12 schools. Why do you drive on a Why do you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't make. It's a great dad joke for you there, everyone. But yeah, it, it, I don't know. But Kevin Smith, I, I remember Kevin Smith. That's a that's a throwback. You know, Dante Culpepper went to UCF. Dante Culpepper, wow. Brandon Marshall, another another uh, another one there. Just thinking back in some of the. So let me let me pull up a list here real quick, and I'll, I'll see if there's anybody else that we know of. Blake Bortles, Kenzie. I, I don't think he's still a quarterback, but UCF quarterback there. Then you have uh, Mackenzie Milton. Oh, Asante Samuel, UCF. Oh, yeah. Javid Be I was thinking Javid Best, but Javid Best went to Cal. He was Cal. Um, oh, Josh Sitton, great um, great guard for the Packers. Latavius uh, Murray. I mean, he's brothers who were in Seattle, Shaquem and uh, Shaquille. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of this like NFL. I mean, now there's a lot of guys on here that, you know, got drafted and didn't have quite the same success, but tis the case with pretty much every school. Right. But point being is yeah, there's, there's some pretty decent names on here. I, I knew Culpepper and Marshall, but to see some of these other guys is, is kind of nice because maybe, maybe this is a, another pipeline coming from, from Florida. So no guests today. So we're just going to keep trucking along here into conversation corner. And boy, it's a good one because Houston's in the rebuilding phase. They're not, they're not in let's try to patch it together and move forward. They're in the rebuilding phase. They realize it seems like JJ with his conferences that he had at certain points during the season after losses, and especially that one at the end of the regular season finale, he was extremely frustrated, but he's so loyal that I'm sure he would have stayed there. However, it seems like with the Deshaun query that the pressure was on for them to find cap space and, but they didn't even really trade. They didn't trade him, which is more mind boggling than anything that they just flat out released him. 
it's also mind-boggling side note darius leonard bashing the colts i don't know if you saw that over the weekend mm-hmm. bashed him uh bashed them i should say but rightfully so i mean the guy is a team leader i don't understand how those two guys i don't think jj's past his prime but i feel like he's in that stage that julius peppers was in when julius peppers went to chicago he has enough in the tank to give you three or four more years but then when julius pepper left chicago and went to green bay then it was done you know he was extremely past his prime and he wasn't even really a role player i feel like jj is in the stage where julius peppers was where hey i can go to another team and still be a massive contributor also in the sense how indomitian sue when indomitian sue went from detroit to miami was still a prominent player. But if you look at him ever since then, when he went to LA and Tampa, he's not really much of a role player. He's kind of just, he's there, but he does enough. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to diminish his talent because obviously they're NFL guys. I'm not, you know, I'm not an NFL star player and getting paid millions, but we're just podcasters. But clearly I feel like JJ has enough to give to where whatever team he lands on next, he's going to be a huge impact because it's also different that he's so loyal to Houston and what he did for the city, but he strikes me as a guy who's going to be extremely pissed off that he was released versus traded and whatever team he goes to next, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up on a team that plays Houston next year on their schedule. Yeah, well, I I know that he put out the video shortly thereafter that basically said, you know, this is what was agreed upon and this is what we wanted to do was my release. And and it I don't think that's troublesome. I I don't think that's troublesome in any any stretch because you want to, you know, kind of cater to the face of your franchise in that sense. I mean, I think you could make the argument that he's the best Texan ever. The only other guy that really comes to mind is Andre Johnson. David. Uh, David Carr, uh, when he wasn't laying face down on the ground from getting sacked 75 times a year. Um, but I mean, JJ, why I, I think he's the best player in Texans history. And I think Andre Johnson is a very close second, both of them, obviously very loyal to the team, but you know, I, I, I agree with JJ's decision to say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going through this. So we need to get out. To call the Texans in rebuilding mode is is almost generous. I feel at this point, considering what's happened with them over the last two months, um, to lose the the trust basically of your two best players, and I'll get to Deshaun Watson here in a second, but to lose the trust of J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson is very damning for your franchise because those are the two guys. I mean, there are other guys on the team that are successful players, but I mean, let's face it. They're the two best players on that team. It's really not close. DeAndre Hopkins was until he got traded, which is, you know, we can, how far do you want to go down this rabbit hole? But point is, is JJ Watt, I agree with you. I, I think that there's still enough left in the tank to be successful. Now he hasn't been the same level of player that he was during his uh, deep boy can campaigns a few years back. Um, I mean, he obviously won three of them. He's one of a handful of players that's won three of them all time. I mean, if you're in the same conversation as a guy like Lawrence Taylor and and Aaron Donald of current day, yeah, you're great. That's that's pretty much it. There's not many people doing what you're doing. 
but he's not the same player, right? Injuries have plagued him. He hasn't been quite the same, but he's still that same um, loyal talent that has really stood up and, you know, been an advocate for the city of Houston, but his frustration boiled over and I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I think that he does need to move on and find a new franchise. Uh, of course, as a Steeler fan, I do have some of that hope that maybe he does join his brothers in Pittsburgh. It doesn't seem quite as far-fetched as we may think it is, but I think there's other suitors out there too. Um, you know, I, I think if he does come to Pittsburgh, it's going to be at a much deeper discount where a lot of other teams have better cap situations to be seen. I'm not here to predict where T or no, not TJ. I know where TJ is going to be next year. I'm not here to predict where JJ Watt's going to be next year. But the point is, is his frustration is extremely valid. But so is Deshaun Watson's. And I don't understand what, I don't understand what that same, you know, where that frustration doesn't vary. Now, JJ's been in the league longer. So maybe it's tenure, but I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's the same case. Look, I think you got to look at a guy that like Deshaun Watson, a guy that they've obviously invested hundreds of millions of dollars in. And he's upset. I get it. You've put money into him. You're upset, but someone will take his contract. I don't understand how, how we look at this and say, Deshaun Watson, you know, he doesn't, he's in, hasn't been in the league as long. You know, we want him to be the friend. Everybody wants Deshaun Watson to be their quarterback. Albeit like five teams don't want him to be their quarterback. Of course you want him to be your quarterback, but you know what? If you can't earn his trust, then you can't, if you can't talk to your franchise players about these decisions and, and find guys that suit their needs, his frustration is extremely valid and I get it. So JJ Watt is, is released and able to sign, which I mean, in essence is a, is a bit of a crazy move to not trade JJ Watt because you could clearly get something for him. But at the same time, if it's a mutual agreement between parties and, and you feel that that is the best severance, if you will, of that, then that's fine. But I also don't understand, you know, what, why is Deshaun Watson not getting this similar look? Like, why is it that, Oh, we tried reaching out and making amends what is it? What's the, what's the difference? I don't know what the difference is at all. I am also, by the way, JJ hosted SNL last year in 2020. So mm -hmm. I'm extremely far off away from that <laughs> before I get to that. Uh, he's, uh, he's not even born yet in, no, in where you're at. No, he's not. But I also don't think it's as easy as everyone is making it out to be that, Hey, JJ, is released. He's from Wisconsin, went to the University of Wisconsin. He grew up a Packers fan. He's going to go to Green Bay. It almost feels like when everyone just assumed LeBron the first time around, the first time, not the second time, because the second time he went back, but the first time around, everyone just assumed LeBron was going to go back to Cleveland because that's where he's from. He he grew up there and, and all those kind of things. It also feels like when the NHL Steven Samkos was an unrestricted free agent a couple of years ago. Everyone just assumed, and their mother, if you watch the NHL Network, that he was going to go to Toronto. That didn't happen. He stayed and signed a massive contract in Tampa. It's not always as easy as everyone makes it out to be. Everyone assumed Bryce Harper, another sport reference, that he was going to go back to D.C. It's not as easy as it makes it out to be. I think – a couple places that I could see him end up being is Vegas, actually, because Vegas is one of those middle of the road teams that I feel if they get a couple pieces, 
and free agency or the draft because Mike Mayock, let's be honest, he's being underrated as what he's done for that team, the way he's drafted. And I've always preferred Mike Mayock over guys like Mel Kuyper anyway. I do like McShay. McShay knows stuff, but I'll never forgive Mel Kuyper for telling me Aaron Curry, a third overall pick for Seattle, was going to be a game-changing linebacker. That's when I lost respect for Mel Kuyper. Also, when he told me that Jamarcus Russell had some attitude problems but could see him being an all-pro QB. And he also talked about Jimmy Clausen being an all-star kind of guy. Those are the kind of things I can't forgive Mel Kuyper for. He's been doing it 30 years, but let's be honest. McShay and Mayock are the guys. But I could see him end up being in Vegas. Max Crosby on one side, J.J. on the other. Plus, they have a very nice – John Gruden – would work around JJ. I'm sure I could see him in ending up in Seattle. I could see him ending up in Washington. I could see him really ending up in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel was his coach in Houston, one of his position coaches, and he really bonds with Mike Vrabel. Those are some spots that stick out to me, but I don't think it's as easy as everyone makes it seem that he's going to end up in green Bay. As far as Deshaun, whatever's happening there, <laughs> they have to trade him for something. They're not going to get what they want. I don't think as far as, selling the farm if you look at it that's why Carson Wentz hasn't been traded yet since our last couple shows is the Eagles are asking way too much the Eagles are asking way too much they're asking people to basically sell their house move to a different country for Carson Wentz it's the Carson Wentz is not that guy Deshaun Watson I I could see trading Deshaun for maybe a player a first rounder and maybe a third that's not selling the farm versus what the uh, Washington and St. Louis did many years ago. So I don't know. I, I think JJ is going to end up going though to a team that's middle of the road or a championship contender. Would it shock anyone if he went to Tampa of all places? Because Tom doesn't look like he's going to slow down. And I know JJ wants a ring. I don't think he's a ring chaser, but why wouldn't he go to Tampa? J- Jason Pierre-Paul and Adamican Sue. I'm sure they would rotate in uh, Barrett, uh, Shaq Barrett, in and out, and they could put JJ on the other side. Well, Barrett even said he's about to. I, I can't remember his exact verbiage, but I think he said he's about ready to go break the bank in free agency. So he might be content with his ring to make you know a couple hundred million dollars to to play elsewhere. So yeah, that that might actually work out there too. But. I, I, I like that. I, I don't think JJ's a ring chaser either. I don't think he's somebody that is actively looking out the absolute best situation to win a ring. I genuinely do believe that he wanted to win one in Houston. And, and I, I actually, I 100% believe the same thing for Deshaun Watson. He gave a lot of commitment to that city and has been you know, involved in that city in, in so many regards that I think that they did want to win there. They wanted to be, they wanted to bring that back to Houston but when, when you lose the trust of your ownership and your GM and, and all parties involved, I think it should be the same standard for both of them. I don't understand, again, why it's why it's different there. Again, tenure is the only thing that I can think of, but still, even, even that doesn't make sense. But I don't think J.J. is going to – I think this is be a carefully weighed decision for him regardless of where he goes – uh, I didn't expect him to, you know, get out of the get out of Houston, and basically 
come back this week and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to sign with Green Bay or I'm going to sign with Tampa or wherever he decides to go. I didn't think it was going to be some immediate decision. 30 teams are interested. 31 teams are interested in J.J. Watt. I, I think there's a list of maybe about 10 that J.J. Watt would be interested in, uh, you know, just based on that. And again, I, I don't necessarily think it's a, a ring chaser mentality. I think it's you want to go. He's made his money. I mean, I, there's another layer to this that I think people don't understand when it comes to making money in the NFL. When you're of J.J. Watt's level of what he's doing, he's probably making as much off of endorsements than he is actually playing the game. So, yeah, it, it, you want to make money to play the game. You want to be up there with the average of the league and such. But he's making money during endorsements, too. I mean, you see him during every Subway commercial. Heck, Derek Watt, who played like 15 snaps all year, is making money off an endorsement just because of his name association and his bloodline. So makes sense. But Deshaun Watson's kind of in that in that sphere, too. He's a good enough player. Um, now, I don't think his issue is necessarily money-related. I think his is more along the lines of, I want out of here because you've traded away or got rid of every single thing that could help me win. So at least send me somewhere that could be beneficial to my career where I don't have to fight with the owner and the coach every single year. And I don't blame him. I, I think you're going to see the Texans in the news for a while. I, I don't think J.J. White is going to come back out and uh, and give the line of, you know, I hated Houston. I think this is mutual. I, I think this is a mutual understanding and parting ways of sometimes it just has to happen. Um, I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to do it. I don't think he will either. I think once he is granted his request and is traded or is released, um, you know, I, I don't know if he comes back out with that, you know, same. I, I think of DeAndre Hopkins because he does have some of that like little level of pettiness uh, that, you know, when something Houston comes out in the news and he's like, oh, told you. Like, I, I, I mean, it's it's not. I get it. He's bitter. Deshaun Watson will do that. I just, I genuinely don't know. But um, I, 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 again, don't think that he will. But the point is, is the Houston Texans right now are a mess. I, I believe that we're talking about a franchise that's only, what, 18 years old, 19 years old now? And we're like, yeah, they're pretty much a wreck right now because they can't keep any of their franchise players happy throughout their entire history of being a franchise, which, again, only 20 years, but not great. Uh, I will say before wrapping up here, I did watch NFL. I, I love watching NFL sound effects, like mic'd up kind of stuff. Watched the Super Bowl between Tampa and Kansas City, mic'd up. Uh, Brady goes over to Gronk at the end of the game and says, I can't believe you got two tutties. That's, I guess what, that's what they are calling touchdowns between the two of them uh tutties which i don't think is really abbreviation it's also mind-boggling when you watch the sound effects because tom walks over to the to the guys first quarter he said they're playing exactly right into our hand he said we knew exactly what they were gonna do and even the defensive line coach says yes they're doing exactly what we thought they were gonna do try to do play action those kind of things also wrapping up UFC was over the weekend, didn't really watch it, but Kamaru Usman called out Jorge Masvidal. That most likely when the Ultimate Fighter 
revamps here because they did do a lot of seasons on Ultimate Fighter, and it's going to go to ESPN Plus, I think, later this year. But Usman's going to be one coach. Most likely, Masvidal is going to be the other, and they're going to do the old school Ultimate Fighter where the two coaches have to fight at the end of the season, and that's going to be wild. Uh, for anyone who's a big UFC fan, those two guys are at the top of their class. But that's really all I got on my side from Weekend Notes. We do have a massive guest, massive guest that we can't even talk about yet, but it's it's massive. Yeah, you you all are gonna love this one. This is, um, you know, I don't I don't want to rank people in terms of their popularity, but this is, uh, you know, this very well could be the biggest guest that we've had since we've started this show. Well, we've had. Um, I do have to ask you though, and, and guys like that. I mean, huge guests, but I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, to each your own. Everyone, if if you would like to rank our guests, please do. I'm not in the business of it, but uh, this this is a this is a massive. This is going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I do have to ask you though, what what's your? And you may not be able to pinpoint one because I can think of a couple, but. What's your favorite mic'd up moment in NFL history? I can think of two that always get me going whenever I can hear them or, or just like laugh whenever I hear them. My two favorite, probably when Shannon Sharp is on the uh, phone saying, call the National Guard. We need support because we are killing the Patriots. That's a great one. <laughs> and then John Randall has a best of sound effects that I used to have recorded on my DVR. Anytime there was nothing during the dog days of summer and I would watch, that's how good it was. But there's one that he looks at, (laughs) he looks at his team when he's warming up and he, I don't know who he was talking to, but he was just screaming in, in the open. He was going night rider, night rider (laughs) mount up. And he was just screaming in the open, like wind at nothing. Yeah, a, a very noted trash talker and Hall of Famer John Randall. Um, I actually, there's, I think it's a best of series too, and it's Lawrence Taylor. Um, that that dude, I mean, he's obviously noted as one of the best NFL players ever. Uh, his mentality just had to be different. If you just go look up his sound bites, those are always uh, always enjoyable to listen to. I think of the one where I think his name is John Henderson. He's a defensive tackle for the Jaguars. Uh, he gets slapped before games. I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, but his pregame ritual was to be slapped by the team trainer. Um, so he would just take a massive hit right across the face before he walked out, kind of wild. Uh, and then also sticking with the Jaguars, whenever the Steelers played the Jaguars a couple years ago in the, um, in the I think it was the wild card round, wild card or divisional, I don't remember. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell jukes that, I can't remember his name. I don't remember the player, but whenever he jukes that Jaguars player and he just goes, Oh, and just falls on the ground. It is the funniest thing because that's what I would imagine. It's like trying to tackle anybody, but I can't imagine trying to tackle somebody as shifty as Le'Veon Bell in his prime. So that was, that's a pretty good one. If you've never seen that, but there's, there's a ton of them. And, and I actually, I love the Shannon Sharp one too. I'm glad you brought that, that one up. Cause I forgot about that. The Steelers didn't beat the Jags uh, that game, by the way. They did not. No, they they did not. Um, <laughs> we're, we don't have a great history against the Jags. If Rasheed Mathis is probably one of the biggest thorns in the Steelers' side ever. Uh, one other quick Steelers note, 
So happy retirement to Marquis Pound. See the next chapter for somebody like Marquis who does a lot in the community. So incredible watching him play, but excited for what's next from uh, from Big 53. Yeah, looking forward to see what the next chapter is. I don't think TV will be the route for him. But another great episode, Ryan. If they want to continue to support us, where are they going to find us? Where are they going to find the video that was posted, the JJ video of Andy Bernard remembering JJ's time in Houston over the weekend. Where are they going to find all this stuff? How are they going to listen to us? Yeah, well, you're listening to us or likely on Apple or Spotify. That's where the show posted on either of those two platforms. So pick your favorite, uh, pick your device, whatever suits you best. Apple and Spotify is where you can find us. Leave a review. Sports show. But to find, I'm sorry. Leave a review. Leave a review, leave a review, leave a rating. Um, there for a while, I was checking ratings like every day, which it's probably been a month since I've checked ratings. So uh, hopefully I see like 10 more in there whenever I log in on, on Wednesday to check that uh, because you are listening and leaving a rating. But you can also find us. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us some comments. Let us know what you're thinking about the show, but you can find us on social Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to Ryan Sports Show, and all of those platforms for the latest episode drops. For some breaking news, we'll do some one-off videos like we've said in the past, but pay attention to us. Fa pay attention to us. That kind of sounds desperate. You know what I mean. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to Ryan Sports Show. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Subscribe on Apple or Spotify. That's where you're going to find us, to Ryan Sports Show. And we'll see everyone Friday. Huge guest, huge guest, huge guest, and more NASCAR predictions. Let's go.